Hello, I'm Elliot Knight, Director of the Alabama State Council on the Arts. Welcome to Alabama Arts Radio. Each week, Council staff will introduce you to exceptional artists and special people who make the arts happen in Alabama. Alabama Arts Radio features the visual, performing, literary, and folk arts that contribute to our state's rich cultural heritage. Join us each Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central to explore the diverse and dynamic arts landscape in Alabama. Today we are joined by Alabama photographer Joy West. Joy is an American artist and photographer based in Birmingham, Alabama. Their work combines photography, audio, text, and printmaking to examine the relationship between families, the LGBTQIA community in the South, and the meaning behind identity as it affects us all on a personal level. They received their first camera at the age of four and haven't put it down since. In 2012, Joy began their first long-term project called Southern Faces, documenting the LGBTQIA community in Alabama, which is still ongoing. They graduated with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Photography and Digital Media from the University of Alabama, Tuscaloosa. Joy is a current Media and Photography Fellow with the Alabama State Council on the Arts. Joy, we're so grateful that you were able to join us today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, we're so excited to have your art in our gallery right now. We're so excited that you're one of our fellows and to just be able to talk to you for a little bit about who you are, what you're doing, and you know, talk about our fellowship program a little bit too, since you are one of the the fellowship recipients for this past fiscal year. So we'll start easy and then we'll get to the more nebulous concepts, I guess. And we'll begin by having you tell us a little bit about your background. Cool. <laughs> so with my background, I honestly believe I came from a family of artists that more so did their work in a hobby form. And I've had a camera since I was like four and I haven't like let it go. I think it was like this Crayola 110 camera and I'd walk around the house with and take pictures of my parents. And I actually learned how to take photographs and learn how to draw from my grandfather, who was a photographer in the Korean War. And then when he came back, he was a wedding photographer and did airbrushing and drawing and everything. And from my dad, who was a wedding photographer, and he used to teach a lot of people in the photo ministry at his church, like maybe like 50 people had to take photos and such. And it's funny because I've probably always wanted to be an artist since I was a kid, but it's always seemed kind of as a hobby that you couldn't really make money from. But I honestly think like as I've gotten older, I've learned more about both sides of my family on my mom and dad's side. Both great grandmas on both sides of the family, they did ceramics in their spare time. So for whatever reason, I feel like I'm like the culmination of creative energy from both sides of my family. I've grown up in Birmingham all my life. So I just have like this Alabama experience with growing up but the art that I grew up around was more so photo albums my grandma made and taking ballet classes and my mom teaching me the flute how to play the flute for middle school band and everything and playing the violin started playing the violin 
and doing ballet. And my parents actually made me choose between the two. So I chose violin and I did a lot more orchestras, orchestras and competitions and everything like that up until college. That's my art experience on that end. But I always saw my dad take photos and I always saw my granddad drawing. And I think that really influenced me a lot because I'm a visual learner. So, and I always took pictures of everything so I could like remember, but I didn't really know that there was black artists out there and making a living and everything like that until I went to Alabama. I have a really interesting childhood because I didn't really have a lot of friends and I'm an only child. So I guess it was like kind of insular. A little bit. So talk about your experience at the University of Alabama. What was that like for you? University of Alabama, I went there about like 2008 when I graduated high school and I ended up going in there with a concentration in computer science and music and then thinking about a Japanese minor, which is completely different than what I left with because I was like really obsessed with Japan because who isn't when they're like 14. And I actually ended up taking a film photography class with Gay Burke and I just kind of got hooked. (laughs) So a lot of the photography that I did then was self-portraiture and I did a lot more exploration of like gender and just kind of inward looking kind of thing just questioning a lot of stuff and I feel like it was a good experience in terms of the um, different types of people that I met at Alabama because I ended up working at the Sarah Moody Gallery of Art for a couple years with Bill Dooley and learning the ins and outs of how to run a gallery and meeting all the different artists that came in to the talks and I feel like having different exposures to different types of artists and different types of mediums and hearing how they've gotten into art and asking them questions about how do you how do you even like make or how do you like continue to make art how do you actually make money I feel like that helped a lot I honestly think that being an art major BFA and just being stubborn and choosing art I think that really did save my life because I had to kind of process a lot of stuff and making art definitely helped me get through that. And I met some really cool people that I'm still in touch with that I now call like family, essentially. So I think for the most part, Alabama was a good place to be. I do know that when I kept in touch with Gay, she would always ask me, what am I doing photography? What am I doing? And I remember one time I was coming back from Atlanta and maybe a couple weeks later, she had really asked me, like, well, what are you doing? What do you want to do? And she kind of cursed me out because I wasn't taking photos. I hadn't taken photos for like a good three years after Alabama. It kind of felt like I let her down, but it kind of stuck with me too. Kind of like, okay, what can I do to change what I'm doing now and do something that makes me happy? And a lot of the photography that I did was outside of day jobs and such. I could probably now mention that Joy actually is the 2021 recipient of the Gay Burt Fellowship in Photography that was set up by Gay's estate back in 2019. So this has kind of come full circle. I'm sure she would be incredibly proud to see how your work has evolved over the years. And that once she kicked you in the butt a little bit verbally on that, you did pick up the camera and have been making an impressive body of work ever since. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's okay to have grace here and there. I mean, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I was burnt out with school. I was like taking 18 hours and 21 hours. And then I was doing the Wingate Fellowship on top of that when it started like Southern Bases and everything. So I just did not want to touch my camera. I'm glad I took that break, but also I feel like I would have been better if I just kept shooting. But I feel like I would have wasted a lot of film if I did. Who all has influenced you throughout your career? You mentioned all those artists that you met in the Sarah Moody Gallery over the years, but are there some artists that you can point to that have really been kind of a big influence throughout your life? I know when I started, when I took that first film photography class, Gayet ended up like showing me like photo books in her library about Black women artists and how they did their self-portraiture, like Carrie Mae Weems and Lorna Simpson and Renee Cox, and how I could kind of study them. I feel like then there wasn't a lot of focus on women artists, women photographers mainly. And there's a couple, there's a couple that I kind of forgot because there's one, I think she's Mexican. I think her last name is Campos and she did a lot of identity gender work. I really think that helped but also getting introduced to like Nan Golden and Catherine Opie and eventually like Jess T. Dugan. That kind of helped a lot but I guess through them I found Dalwood Bay who's like in Chicago and Dan Winters and Richard Avedon like how they actually started photographing other people and recording their stories and listening to them and how they translate that into a visual type of portrait. I actually really connected with that because I didn't start taking portraits actually until like 2012. So, you know, I'm thinking taking pictures of a person, that's probably really hard to do because I couldn't really connect with other people that well then. But I actually believe an artist that really got me into taking portraits and into photography is uh, a photographer I met named El Perez. I met them spring of 2012, and they were traveling through Alabama and photographing um, the LGBTQ community, like the gender outliers type of, like the trans community, non-binary, genderqueer community throughout the South. And their project was called Outliers. And I actually have the email up where they sent me four negatives of the photo shoot and interview that we had. And they would use a four by five camera. So like putting the hood up and on the steps of like Gorgas Library and taking my photo and everything. And I feel like that definitely kicked open a door because I got really curious about seeing other people of color besides the one or two people that I knew in the LGBT community, seeing them photograph and find these people up. Just like, well, maybe I should probably look or I wonder if there's anybody around here that I could connect with in that kind of way. So I looked up Elle recently and they have a solo show at the Carnegie Museum of Art. So I, I believe they're doing real well. It sounds like it. Well, something that you touched on, but I don't know how many people think about this like we do, but is that negotiation between an artist and the person sitting for a portrait? And it can be a kind of difficult relationship. Can you tell me about how that feels for you, getting that kind of trust and, and relationship going? I honestly think being honest and in the forefront, like when first meeting somebody helps and also having a mutual friend, <laughs> that definitely helps. Finding different like events in each other's lives that we can connect through kind of thing and when a person's telling me about their life and I can relate to I feel like getting to know people through conversations like actually just getting to know the person as a person and not interested in them just to take their photo I think that definitely helps 
And I feel like that deepens your relationship with the person to where they would actually like, you know, trust you a lot more to take their photo. Because I think taking a photo is really vulnerable for a person and not a lot of people like taking photos because they'll be like, oh, I think I'm like unphotogenic and I don't like how that photo looks or whatnot. And I heard one day that if you have a photo that you don't like that someone took, that person didn't really like you. That's why the photo is bad. And a lot of people are weary too of how photographs going to be used because some people use photographs in a negative way. I more so want to use photography as mainly like reclaiming Black voices and our representation and also as a gift to other people who haven't had like a proper portrait of themselves and how they view themselves and feel good about themselves. I feel like that's really important for a person to have too. So kind of in that vein, I guess your work centers around the theme of identity, familial relationships, and those aren't always explored at the same time. Could you talk to me about what those topics, what about them appeals to you? I honestly think that since a lot of the work that I did was started with with self-portraiture, I'm always questioning who am I in terms of how I grew up and how I related to other people. And I think that kind of evolves into meeting people that I resonate with and vibe well with. And I think that made me really more curious about how are people, how, how do they like come about being like just this person that they really like and how what makes them them. I find it just fascinating how certain people can be authentically themselves without a care in the world or just be like complete opposite. And I always want to know why. And when I started like the Southern Faces series, I wanted to know how did this person figure out who they were because I was still figuring out who I was. And when I moved back to Birmingham, I didn't work on the series for a while. And I started taking pictures of my family because I actually wanted to give my grandma a photo book of everybody for her 80th birthday. That's how I started taking photos of my family on both sides and asking them, like, what does family mean to them and asking them about memories growing up and how did they like their family, essentially. And I'm just wondering, like, where did I come from? Because a lot of my background, I have family in the Bahamas. I have family in Florida. I have, like, Native American ancestry, too. And... I'm just like, this is like an amalgam of all these different identities. And the deeper and deeper I go, the more questions I have. So I ended up not making that book. (laughs) It ended up being a six plus year ongoing project that is still going on. And I hope I can finish that one day. But I feel that With family especially, I feel that with blood relatives, a lot of people say family is thicker than blood. Family is number one, and that's not always the case especially in the LGBTQ community, because not a lot of people like accepts their kid for who they are. And when they come out and it's like a vulnerable process, you know, like, hey, this is who I am. I hope you still love me kind of thing. And like, I kind of had that fear for a while before I came out to my folks, my parents. And I thought about how people like find their chosen family. If they don't have a mom or dad or they're estranged from their family, they find like replacement. Or when you're starting out in drag, you have drag moms. And Bambi Kira was my drag mom down in Tuscaloosa when I was still down there. And I feel like 
especially in the queer community, we start our own communities, we build our own families and language around family and ways to help other people because it's really community centered. And I kind of wish more people were like that. You know, I know we like to think that we're like individuals and we can do it on our own, but we always have to ask for help. And people I ask for help are like blood and chosen family. That's kind of what appeals to me. Like just basically how do we build these relationships with each other? How do they grow deeper? And is it the same for everybody else? Or is it just unique to these certain group of people in this certain region of the world? Well, I like that. I like the question of the universal athlete of that. That's fascinating. Bringing it back to you for a little bit, could you speak to your creative process? It's funny. I don't really think I have a creative process, but I think everybody does. I think it's kind of odd because I read a lot of manga, like Japanese manga, and look at a lot of like K-dramas, like Korean dramas and such, and like documentaries. And I look at a lot of cooking documentaries and cooking shows because I think that I can listen to a lot of art and music and go to a lot of museums every time I'm out of town. In my head like there's always something constantly going and I think you can really find inspiration in the creative process from pretty much anything that sparks your interest like listen to a lot of music and baking and gardening and shows and everything like that that turns into having conversations with people and I find a lot of inspiration from just talking to people regular conversations because I'll think back on certain things they've said and I'll think about oh that connects to how my grandma used to leave tomatoes on her window just to get right before she uses them kind of thing. And that connects back to, oh, did she ever give me this recipe for pork and beans, <laughs> everything like that. And just kind of, I feel like everything's kind of cyclical, circular, and kind of goes into everything. I feel like having conversations and having a lot of different interests that appeal to a lot of different people, that influences the conversations that I have, that I really love to have with people. And that helps me document stories on a more personal level than just, oh, how's the weather? I mean, the weather's crazy because it's always raining or it's always hot or something's on fire. So <laughs> I guess that's my creative process. It's all over the place, but then it's concentrated at the same time. Yeah. And probably random facts. Well, you had kind of an interesting fellowship year in which much of it was spent inside during the pandemic. Can you speak about your fellowship year and what that was like for you as an artist? My fellowship year? I actually found it really stressful because I honestly thought I had a year to complete my project with photographing 67 people. And I felt like my project actually depends on other people's participation. And if I can't talk to people in a global pandemic, then I may have to like change my whole idea of what I wanted to do. But I ended up kind of slowing down and looking at what I really wanted to do. Like, who did I really want to talk to? What are the things that I needed to learn? I ended up taking like a book arts class. I ended up going to like a couple photography workshops and webinars and things like that and learning more about photography and expanding my network of people who can eventually help me when we could hopefully get to seeing each other outside of quarantine and meeting each other for this project. I feel like this pandemic basically has put a pause on how I view making art and it gave me actually a lot of time to rest outside 
outside having a day job. It gave me a lot of time to rest and not make rash decisions and not rush things because I feel like that's not how a project can properly grow if it's always like, oh, I have to do this in this four hour time and I have to see three different people in five different counties. It, it definitely slowed me down and made me really think about who was the audience I wanted to speak to and who did I want to highlight and hear and seeing all these people like pass away during this really awful time. I think about like especially in the Black community how we have like this oral tradition. We'll tell stories about our relatives or great grandmas and funny times and sad times and everything and no one writes that down. No one records it and a lot of histories lost when someone passes away. I feel like that made me want to do this project even more. Yeah, this this pandemic's made me really think about me and how I approach things and actually hold family a lot more closer, for sure. Well, as your grant funder, I can say that we are very grateful that you invested in yourself and you took time to breathe and to to reemerge on your own terms and, and with some rest behind you too. So I, I appreciate all that you've got going on. So I want you to brag on yourself for a little bit. What is an achievement that you are the most proud of in your career so far? Because you're young, there's still a lot going on. So, so far is the key word here. Because, you know, I don't brag about myself. I'm just like, oh, okay, this happened. I'm excited for two days. And then like, I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, And then I downplay it for months and people are like, they did, like, she did this. They did this, blah, blah, blah. And it's embarrassing. So I think the achievement I can be happy about right now is the ASCA grant, actually. <laughs> Winning the ASCA grant, because this has been on my list of things to do for like a solid 10 years, actually. I just didn't have confidence in myself to do it. And actually winning it last year, I had to actually just be more serious about photography. And this actually, I feel like it kind of lit a fire under me to actually make the work that's important to me. But I'm excited for a bigger audience to see what's going on in in Alabama. Before we sign off today, is there a certain way that our listeners, if they want to check out your work and aren't near a gallery, that they might be able to see your work online or any other avenues for that? You can actually go to my website, joywest.com. I have currently the solo show I have at Paperworkers Local up on my website. And you can follow me on Instagram at joywest underscore. I'm currently figuring out Instagram again since I've switched over to TikTok just to be with the young folks, as they say. And we should say that that's joy with an I, West, like the directions. You'll be able to find Joy's work online through that. And again, Joy, thank you so much for giving us your time and for lending your work to this exhibition and just for being a fellow and really being a bright spot in our state's artistic landscape. So thank you again. We will see you soon. Thank you so much, Amy. Alabama Arts comes to you from the Alabama State Council on the Arts and the Alabama Center for Traditional Culture. Technical production by Deb Boykin. Series theme music, The Bounds of Beauty, written and performed by Scooter Muse. Tonight on Alabama Arts, Amy Jenkins talks with Joy West, a photographer who received a 2021 fellowship from the Alabama State Council on the Arts. 
Joy talks about their creative process and the exploration of identity and relationships in their work. Because I think that I can listen to a lot of art and music and go to a lot of museums every time I'm out of town. In my head, like there's always something constantly going. And I think you can really find inspiration in the creative process from pretty much anything that sparks your interest. Like listen to a lot of music and baking and gardening and shows and everything like that. That turns into having conversations with people. And I find a lot of inspiration from just talking to people, regular conversations, because I'll think back on certain things they've said and I think about oh that connects to how my grandma used to leave tomatoes on her window just to get ripe. But first the news. This week on Alabama Arts, Amy Jenkins talks with Joy West, a photographer who received a 2021 fellowship from the Alabama State Council on the Arts. I can listen to a lot of art and music and go to a lot of museums every time I'm out of town. In my head, there's always something constantly going. I think you can really find inspiration in the creative process from pretty much anything that sparks your interest. That's Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central on Troy Public Radio.